Welcome to Kentucky Horsepower, the official podcast of the Kentucky Automobile Dealers Association. Good day, everyone. This is Jason Wilson, president of the Kentucky Auto Dealers Association, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Kentucky Horsepower, the official podcast of the Kentucky Auto Dealers Association. Very pleased to be joining me today. I'm very happy to have Mike Stanton, new president and CEO of NADA. Mike and I share the same start date in our new roles here, uh, and we were just chatting ahead of time of uh, sort of crazy things that have been going on and what an interesting time to come in. So Mike, thanks so much for joining us, spending some time with us today. Really appreciate having you here. Uh, Jason, I appreciate the opportunity. And and yeah, we're both newbies in our position, but we I know we've both been in the industry for a long, long time, been working working for dealers for, for really most of my career, as I know you have too. So again, thanks for having me today. Now, it's good to have you. So let's start with that. You're, you're uh, we're coming to the end of May now, and uh, as we get into June, and share some thoughts as far as just uh, the new role. As again, you're not a stranger to NADA by any means, but uh, it's been an interesting year. What what are some of your top of mind thoughts as it relates to uh, 2021? Well, I, I'm. It's you always you have a long list of things you want to accomplish, right. and then so often uh, you, you get hit right in the face with with the issue of the day. And that that issue certainly seems to be this whole conflation of, of the new market entrance and direct sales at, at dealers and, and their, their hesitancy, their so-called hesitancy when it comes to selling electric vehicles. So, you know, like you, Jason, we're trying to get out in front of all of that and and, and talk to, to whoever will listen that the dealers are all in on EVs and that we believe in the franchise model it's our role to enhance it, uh, to preserve it, to protect it, but but all all in the name of the consumer. I mean, this model has served the consumer well for many many decades, and it will continue for many many decades. Uh, and we just got to get through to when this great product, this new EV product, is coming to market, and then we'll be able to prove to everyone just how excited we are and how ready we are to sell electric vehicles to to consumers. Well, look, uh, kudos to NADA. You all have been putting out some really good content as it relates to uh, uh, addressing this specific issue. And and to your point, this perceived hesitancy uh, of dealers to embrace uh, electric vehicles. As you and I both know, dealers are the ambassadors of new technology every year. They are bringing the latest and greatest uh, every year and, and, and do so in a way that frankly, nobody else can. And one of the things that I, when I speak to people regarding EVs, look what dealers have had to sell to date on EVs. There haven't been a lot of really attractive, exciting, sexy options, right? It, it's, it's, but now the OEMs are really going that direction. I don't see our folks not embracing those things at all. Yeah, you, you look there, there are, well, there's really no cars period on, on dealer lots today. Right. Uh, primarily the, the microchip uh, situation, but there's no product at the factories either. That are ready to sell to dealers and that includes electric vehicles it's not like they're stacking up i mean dealers buy their vehicles from the manufacturer and then they promote to consumers and and dealers have have already made the investments and we're talking significant six figure plus investments in in charging and in reinforcing their service bays and battery storage and training in in, in they're they're in the process of or are are, are already ready to uh you know, to sell these electric vehicles. They're just waiting for them to come. I think we've got about 17, 18 in the market today, and that number is going to double in, in just the next 
uh, 12 months, and then it just ramps up from there. And our manufacturer partners are committed uh, to selling e EVs, and, and so are we. And we're going to do this together. We're going to work together to, to make sure that, that our voice is heard in DC and that the government incentives are, are support their, their goals, which is to, you know, to let's, let's make this work in the showroom for consumers when, when we're talking about incentivizing people to, uh, you know, to electrify the fleet. So it's, we're looking forward to the future. Yeah, look, I, we're at a, in so many ways, unprecedented times. We've heard that over the last year quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, as it relates to, to EVs in particular, in fact, I, I saw just came out here recently that Ford's announced that they expect about 40% of their global sales to be EVs uh, by 2030, uh, which is a pretty <laughs> astounding number when you think about it in the reach of Ford. Right. Well, it's, it's a big number. And we've seen big numbers across the industry from our manufacturers. Uh, and, and maybe they get there. You know, who yeah. am I to say? My crystal ball is no, no more clear than, than anyone's. But I would say uh, from, from my 30 plus years in the industry, one thing I've learned is that, that nobody does a very good job of forecasting. Uh, <laughs> you just look at manufacturers an, annual forecast for sales. And if right. they all hit those numbers, we'd probably be in a 22, 24 million uh, unit market every year. And as you know, we're, we've been more, more in that, uh, that, that mid to high teens right. range over the years. So, uh, you know, we'll see, but the, the important thing from our perspective is we're gonna be there to support our manufacturers and, and delivering a great customer experience for, for, uh, you know, for the buyers out there. Sure, you know, one question I have for you, given your role and your proximity to DC and all things uh, government related, uh, in DC, you know, it seems that the, we really started hearing of this, uh, all these announcements by the various OEMs as this new administration was was coming in. Yeah. Uh, how much is politics involved in these bold announcements and predictions, and how much is reality? Well, I, I think that you know, it seems like there's politics in in everything yeah. that that we talk about today. But you look at the investments that the car companies have made. You look at the investments that the dealers are being required to make, and they're stepping up and making yep. those investments. Uh, it's real. It's coming. Yeah. I, I don't know how fast. Uh, we'll, we'll that you know that's the story that's that's yet to be told. But there's no doubt when you put this kind of emphasis uh, behind something, and then we've got to get the cooperation from from not just the industry that right. we're we're used to dealing with, but from an infrastructure standpoint as well. Sure. And so we're working alongside uh, the, the Alliance for, for Automotive Inter Innovation, and we're looking to other, other uh, you know, interest groups to try and, and, and make sure the dealer voice is heard, because we, we, we know that we can't do it as a dealer group. I think the manufacturers can't do it on, you know, on their own. We need to work together, but we also need to work with the government and, and the utilities and, and the infrastructure folks. This is going to be a true team effort. Right. And, and we're starting down that road, but it's going to require a, a, you know, a lot of participation and, and some give and takes from, from everyone. Yeah, that, that's true. And you have the unique position is you're able to sort of see what's happening throughout the country in, in all 50 states and, and how that's shaking out. Um, obviously, California has been uh, moving this direction for quite a while. Uh, you have other states, uh, my old state uh, in Virginia, which is it uh, seems to be heading sort of embracing some of these things. How do you see this rolling out throughout the country? Do you see 
uh, it being state by state kind of scenario, or do you think this will be a sort of a wave situation where everyone will have, to your point, will be working on this together at some level? Well, I think that that you're going to see different demand for yeah. for EVs uh, state by state. What we're focused on in DC, though, is to make sure that that the government gets the tax uh, or tax uh, breaks or the incentives really done the right way and making sure that they work in the showroom. You know, the, the, uh, the folks in DC have the best of intentions, but they have no idea what right. works to, to sell a vehicle in a showroom. And the manufacturers have an idea as well. And certainly we want, we want them at the table, but it's, it's our members, the car dealers that know what works because they sell cars every single day. And, and the good thing is we have the influence here in DC, as you know, Jason, we've got a, an incredibly experienced staff. We have the relationships. We will have that seat at the table. We already have to right. start to influence uh, uh, the decisions that are gonna be made. And, and again, it's in everyone's interest to electrify the fleet, but we need to make sure that the consumers, I mean, the product's coming. The consumers right. are gonna want the product. I'm not worried about that. But right. we gotta make sure that the incentives, we're not too cute with them, that they're on the hood, that they're transferable, that they're transparent, that they can be you know, easily dealt with in the showroom. Let's, let's facilitate that, that, that sale. And that's what we're working on. And, and to date, the, the new administration has, has had a, a, you know, ears wide open. They've been very good at listening. I think they're digesting what, what we're saying uh, because we're, all, we're really all working toward the same goal, which is selling, selling more EVs. Right. And this should be something that we should be able to find agreement on, regardless of your your politics, et cetera. This is just the advancement of technology. And, and as we've seen in every other industry, when these mega shifts happen, um, there, there's no stopping. And I, I think EVs are going to be one of those things as well. Um, so, again, we're sort of in May. Let, let me ask you this question. Um, at this stage, again, new administration, we're, we're, we're going through this COVID process. What sort of things are keeping, what's keeping Mike Stanton up at night thinking about things as it relates to car dealers, this industry? What are the things that are really pressing for, uh, at the forefront of your mind these days? I, if, I could, if I could pick one thing, Jason, it would be we as an industry have to stand together to get the, the, the administration's agenda done. I mean, now more than ever, it's important that that we're on the same page with our manufacturer partners. We're on the same page as as dealers uh, and as trade associations working for those dealers. It's just th there is a lot of noise out there in in the in the media in the system that that the dealers are not for this or that that there's a better model out there, and we know that that's crazy. Right. Uh, the franchise system is good for consumers. It saves consumers money. It, uh, I mean, there's just so, so many benefits. So you look at the investments that the dealers have made. We've got 17,000 of them out there. The yep. land has already been bought. The facilities have been built. It's convenient for consumers from a service perspective. And then you just look at the intra-brand comp competition. I know you have some of it down in, in Kentucky, but here in D.C., I mean, you could hit five Toyota dealers in one day. And as a consumer, and, and and you know, shop for the inventory, shop for the best price, and all that. The bottom line is that that intra-brand competition is good good for consumers, and we have the data that that supports consumers pay less 
when, when dealers compete for, for their business. So again, my, my biggest concern, I, I'm not worried in terms right. of the products coming, the franchise system is the best on the, on the planet to deliver vehicles. We're going to be fine, but we, we, we're going to be better than fine if we're stronger and we're working together toward, you know, getting, I would say, across this bridge because the product's not quite here yet. It's coming. I just want to make sure we're ready for it. And I want to make sure that, that consumers and that the, the federal government and that, that, that you're, you know, the folks you work with in the states all know that dealers are all in and, and we're getting ready. And, and we're, we're, we are the delivery channel for, for, to, to mass market EVs. I mean, we're, we're, and we're excited about it. So again, I, when I say keep, what keeps me up at night, it's probably just trying to get us all on the same page. But I know right. we can do that. We got a lot of smart people. And, and it's just a matter of, of I think, some, some uh, you know, communication, coordination, and those things can, can be, can be I, I, those are easy challenges to overcome sure. because I do believe the future is super bright for, for consumers and for car companies and for, for our franchise dealers. Well, I, I agree. Look, in, in ADA, again, is really developing some uh, talking points that uh, are good and, and, and make sense. And I think would resonate with average people that aren't necessarily in our industry, i.e., competition. What's more competitive than car dealers, you right. know, working to get that sale uh, from the consumer out there? Uh, you talk about service and, and you know. And, and, you know, Jason, too, you, people are going to have problems with their cars. They are. And and do you want to get in, into an 800, you know, maze or do you want to be able to call somebody and go see somebody that you know right. and, and get your problem addressed? And, and we all also got this whole whole opportunity to educate consumers. I mean, EVs are not, it's not a typical car sale and that there's just so many other considerations. You've got, you know, consumers are asking us, well, how about the battery life? The battery of my phone, you know, it diminishes over time. Is the same gonna happen with the car? What about, what about the range? Or how am I gonna get to, you know, how am I gonna get my kid down, down to college? Am I gonna have to make four or five stops along the way? What, so there, there's just a different sales process. It's a different set of questions that, that we'll be ready to answer. And those are best done in a face-to-face format, you know, not, not through a website or through an 800, uh, you know, number maze. And right. consumers, you know, they, they buy cars that fit their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And those, those have just not been readily available from an EV perspective, but they will be. So that's coming. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, like, like we've talked about, it's exciting times and, and we're ramping up. Well, the industry as a whole is going through a lot of changes and really much of it, the immediate changes over the last years was facilitated in dealerships based on the various state operating guidelines due to COVID-19. And I think dealers have, it's, it's incredible to me when I look back last year and how dealers have jumped through the hoops they've jumped through to be able to stay open, to be able to continue selling, to be able to continue the service and how they've changed their thinking and way of doing things in uh, in a great way in, in many instances, being much more online, being much more uh, internet savvy, if you will. So as dealers continue to make these changes and developments, I think it speaks well to that argument as a whole that dealers are ready for this. They're ready for EVs, ready to embrace it. Look what we've done just over the last year. Well, you, you think about, I, we were talking to a manufacturer early on in, in, uh, in the pandemic 
And they had about 20% of their dealers engaged in some of their digital retailing tools within like 60 days, that number was at 90%. <laughs> so, I mean, dealers know how to turn it on. Yep. And, you know, there's this conflation between, you can buy a car online for, from a dealer today. That's right. Uh, the, the key is meeting the customer where they want to be met. Some are going to want to go through the whole process online. Some are going to want to go through the whole process in the, in the dealership. Many, I think most are probably going to want to do a little bit of both. And yep. so we just have to be sure that we've got the tools and there's some great tools out there. Yep. Um, some dealers build themselves, some they go out to third parties. It doesn't matter, whatever works best for the dealer, as long as they're, they're meeting that customer where they want to be met in the process. So if there's five steps, maybe steps one and two are done online. And when the, the customer walks into the store, let's pick right up at number three and, yep. and make that a great experience and, and get them on their, on their way in that new or, or, or even a used vehicle. Yep, I think that process is every bit as important as, as part of that overall training, especially as it relates to this new technology coming out. Let's let's change gears real quick. I, I know uh, I've seen some of the things you've been interviewed on and, and NAD has put out and discussed, and there's been a lot of talk about it just over the last year regarding our industry and a movement to diversify our industry and sure. to increase diversity with that and increase those opportunities uh, to all involved. Um, what are some of your comments on that? What's NADA's viewpoint regarding just increasing the overall diversity of uh, uh, our membership and uh, this industry as a whole? Well, we put out guidance for, uh, I wish, I don't remember the exact date, but it was probably about a decade ago. And we've, okay. we've recently updated that guidance. And, and the title of the piece was Diversity as a Business Imperative. Yep. And, and we put that out as part of our, our training uh, for dealers. And as I mentioned, we, we updated it, but we also, with all the events going on in the world, we know we can do better. And, and we, we've, we've started down a path of, of figuring out how we can, you know, so we're talking to a lot of folks, the NADA uh, training, I mean, we've got, uh, we, we have deals with several manufacturers where we're doing in dealership consultant uh, consultations for, for minority stores, we're welcoming them into 20 groups in, into different type, types of programs. We're offering scholarships uh, for the academy. And, and those are things we, we have done and we can do in the short term. But more, you know, from a longer term perspective, we want to make sure that we do something that's not a one and done. It needs to be sustainable. And for us to be sustainable, we, we as I mentioned before, we, we can't do it by ourselves. We've got to work with our our car company partners. There's a group here in Washington called uh, NAMAD, the National Association of, of Minority uh, Automobile Dealers. And we're working with, uh, I'm working directly with, with John Bazella at the Auto Alliance for, for, uh, uh, for Innovation and, and with, with uh, Damon Lester over at NAMAD. And, and we're gonna brainstorm how we can move to it. We've already had some initial talks, but we don't have any, any firm plans in place yet, but we will on how we can move uh, the, the numbers you know, together as an industry to, to make sure that, that we've got you know, that, that diverse, uh, you know, and, and we wanna be inclusive as well in terms of, of how, we, how we move this industry forward. And so again, more to come on that issue. It is a top, uh, I would say a top three for Paul Walzer. And, and then we, we sort of got hit in the face with the direct sales and, and EV right. issues. So, so that, that has, uh, you know, has, has probably put, put it in, in, a, in a top four or five mix now, but it's, it's squarely on our agenda. And, and we're going to see what we can do to, to make some significant improvements. Again, 
over time. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, you and I have been products of this industry for years. We're, we're the same age. We've been in this for many, many years. And it is there are so many opportunities. Uh, what I love about this industry is that if you're willing to work hard and focus and dedicate yourself, there really aren't boundaries. And if there's a way we can en encompass more and invite more, especially as we, we look at our technician shortage. And, and there are real opportunities here across the board uh, in our industry right now. Well, there are great jobs and you don't have to have a college degree. And as you said, hard work will, will take you places. I mean, you, you, you hear it all the time. Dealer principals that started as you know, selling cars or, or as a service advisor or as a technician or even, you know, even as, a, as, as someone that's, that's taking care of the, uh, the lot maintenance. I mean, it's, it is a, a way to, to quickly rise up through, through an organization. And we wish more people took advantage of it. Yeah, because we've had shortages when it comes to yeah. technicians. And those are great jobs too. Those are six-figure jobs that you can pretty much, once you get to that, that master technician level, you can go anywhere in the country and get, get a job. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's, and that's the other thing that, that uh, the dealers just make a huge economic impact in their mm -hmm. local communities from, from a tax perspective, but also from the jobs perspective. Right. And, and the communities recognize that. I mean, dealers are pillars in their community. They're, they're, look, they're looked to as, as leaders. And yeah, it's our job, you know, as you know, just to, to continue to get that word out. And, yep. and we, we want to make sure that we're, we are uh, appealing to, to a large and a broad audience. Again, I'll report back as soon as we have, have the facts and then, and then we'll put our plan together and then we'll, of course, measure measure our results against that plan. Well, good. Well, Mike, I, I know we're up against it here. And uh, so I'll, I'll sort of wind things down by but first, thank you for joining us. I know our members are interested in, in hearing from you directly as uh, we are in this very unique time uh, and continue to be and will for the foreseeable future. So uh, appreciate all the hard work you do at NADA, you and your team. They've been helpful to me. I can tell you as a new ATAE, uh, I've reached out on a number of things and everyone's very quick to respond and very helpful. So that is much appreciated. Well, I would just like to close by saying to, to the dealers that if you've got any complaints, uh, Jason, your man, uh, in terms of compliments, I'm, I'm here 24-7 to accept uh, all, all compliments. And, and of course, I'm, I'm joking about that. But to the dealers, look, we're here for, for you. We work with Jason. Please call me, email me at, at any time. Let me know how I can help you. I mean, we've both dedicated our careers uh, to supporting car dealers. We're passionate about it. We believe in what you do. We're here to help. If there's a problem, I, I want to know about it. Let us know how we can, we can get better. If you have any ideas about uh, how, how we can do things differently, uh, very open to, to suggestions. So please, oh, and Jason, thank you very much for the opportunity today. Well, well, thank you, Mike. And I think the other part that, you're, that we've discussed is engagement right now is so important. So, so all of our dealers that are engaging in this podcast, continue to engage with us both at the state level and the national level, uh, participate in the process, uh, be active in your membership. All of this makes a difference. Uh, well said. Perfectly said. Thank so, you. well, thanks again, Mike. And uh, we will see you down the road, Kentucky, at our next edition of Kentucky Horsepower. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll talk again soon.